Hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. It has been a short but very busy week for the Miami Dolphins. A quick turnaround following their display of defensive ineptitude on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. They are now turning around and preparing for a Thursday night tilt in Houston against the Four and three Houston Texans, a team riding a four game winning streak. And it's just been a lot going on because as we talked about in the, the Lions recap show, Dolphins are dealing with some injury problems, particularly at the wide receiver position. Albert Wilson has been placed on injured reserve, therefore ending his season. Um, with the Miami Dolphins is really too bad, but it, at least the, the positive news here is that there was, I guess, potential that Wilson's hip injury could have required surgery and actually been career threatening. Um, luckily the damage wasn't that bad, but it is still going to be a significant enough injury that it holds him out for the remainder of the season. But luckily we'll be able to get Albert Wilson back next season. At full health. So that's certainly a good thing. Um, Kenny Stills, who suffered a groin injury late in the game against Detroit, is also going to be unavailable and did not travel with the team to Houston for this game. So that left the Dolphins with really just Jakeem Grant, Danny Amendola, and the enigma, Devontae Parker. Um, when it came to wide receivers. Of course, now today we have heard that the Dolphins have elevated Leonte Carew from the practice squad to the main roster, and he is going to get some playing time in this game against Houston. But the real thing is, the real big issue here is Devontae Parker. We we had his agent having a meltdown and, and going after Adam Gase, and Adam Gase basically found himself in a position where he's had to say, listen, we don't have... We don't have any wide receivers. Devontae Parker's going to have to play. Um, he didn't really address the fact that the agent sort of came after him for lying about the reason why Devontae Parker wasn't playing. But, I mean, he almost admitted it when he said that we don't have any receivers. We have no choice. He has to play. It, you know, basically, he, I think he was basically saying there that, yeah, maybe, maybe he wasn't really injured, but, you know, all of that is water under the bridge now, and Devontae Parker is going to get some playing time in this game in Houston. And if the rumors are to be, to be believed, the Dolphins are shopping him pretty aggressively, and there may be some takers. So this game in Houston is really going to become something of a Devontae Parker in a shop window kind of game. It's the Devontae Parker showcase as the Miami Dolphins are going to try to put him on the field and try to get some value for him. Hopefully, if they can, if he can put on a decent performance in this game, maybe the Dolphins will be successful in getting a sucker or another team to give up a third round draft pick for Devonte Parker. So brain the the wide receiver situation is certainly not ideal, but it is what it is and the Dolphins are going to go forward with it, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, I said it after the game on Sunday when this whole story broke that you got to play the guy if he's healthy. It, it and the fact that you're trying to shop him 
if you're trying to shop the guy, you're not doing yourself any favors by not playing him. Like you're you're trying to not play him because you're worried about him getting hurt because every time he steps on the field, he gets hurt. Well, if he's injured all the time and he's too injured to play, why is somebody going to trade for him? And if he's not injured and he's not good enough to make your your roster that is just ravaged at the wide receiver position, and right now you're going into this game with your starting wide receivers as Jakeem Grant and Danny Amendola, and after Devontae Parker, you've got Leontay Carew, who you just elevated from the practice squad. You're maybe going to toy around with uh, playing uh, Kenyon Drake in the slot. Now you're working out your your rookie running back, Kalen Balage, who has never played wide receiver in his life, and you're you're working him out as as a as a receiver. And I'm not saying that that's not you know a good idea to try to work him out and and fill in gaps like that. But you can't tell me that Devontae Parker is not good enough to be getting significant playing time with this wide receiver situation the way it is. And if he's not, if that's what you're telling me, well, then who the hell's going to give you a third round pick for the guy? So you got to play him. And, you know, it makes sense to showcase him. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, the best thing that could happen is you go out there and you showcase him and he's helping you win. But at the end of the day, what you really want is you got to win the game. You got to play play to win the game, you know, like Herm Edwards said. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to force feed Devontae Parker the ball, you know, 12 targets, you know, in hopes that somebody's going to give you a third round pick. I mean, if it works out that way and he's productive, then great. But if he's productive and we don't know what our receiver situation is going forward, wouldn't it just behoove you to just keep playing the guy and hope that, Maybe he is the productive guy that you've hoped that he would be for the next few years. And I don't know that that that's going to oh, happen. I got to, I got to, I got to jump in there. Keep playing the guy and hope that he's going to be the guy that you wanted him to be. That's what the Dolphins, all the Dolphins have done since he's been on the team. No, apparently they haven't because apparently all this season they've been, they've been sitting him out and like, if he's like 80%, they're saying, oh no, he's injured. We don't want to play him. Well, and that, that might be because he's showing them play and they, and, they, and they just decided Adam Gase just decided, no, I don't want to play. Him. It's and I, very I'm not possible. saying that, that I'm necessarily against it, considering the fact that Albert Wilson was playing so well and Kenny Stills has been a reliable receiver for them. But given their situation as it is now with Albert Wilson out for the year and Kenny Stills, we're not sure how long he's going to be out for. You know, Jakeem Grant is is a nice player, and it'll be very interesting to see what he does now that he's getting he's going to get an opportunity to play outside for the you know on the you know as like an X receiver for the first time in his career and run different routes that he's not accustomed to running. Yeah, that might be pretty exciting. But I mean, are you going to play Leonte Carew over this guy? I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, obviously they're. I think the idea right now is they're shopping him and, you know, they want to get whatever value they can for him. And they're playing him this week out of necessity. Um, and maybe they'll get some takers and maybe there won't. And maybe they have to make the decision that they're going to just go with him. Um, well, let me ask you a question. There's clearly, there's clearly something 
that Adam Gase is seeing with Devontae Parker, whether it's like, and, and I mean, and first of all, the thing with Devontae Parker has never been about his potential or his talent because, you know, he is a talented player. He is a, a very talented football player and he fits the mold. The question about Devontae Parker is about his professionalism and his desire to play the game and, and to be a great NFL receiver that's always been the question and that's that's the thing that we've seen in his moment I mean we've seen it showcased on the field that he is capable of making great plays and being a good football player but just so often you watch him and it seems like he's just disinterested and indifferent and that is not something you want out of a out of a starter for an NFL franchise well here's here's the question that I want to ask you let's say he plays Tomorrow night, he plays Thursday night. He puts up seven catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. The Dolphins shop him, but nobody wants to give a third-round pick for him. Like, what What do you trade him for? Like, are you are you going to give up a fourth-round pick? Because at this point, and, oh, and the Dolphins win. The Dolphins win the game, and Devontae Parker is a key reason as to why they win the game. So now they are 5-3, and three, and... You know, what if the best they can get for him is a fifth round pick? Because people just aren't going to buy well, in. You trade think, him for a fifth round pick. Because I think it's a situation. If you're, if, if you're going at this with the notion that we're only playing him to showcase him because we're trying to shop him, then what you're saying is they've made up their mind that he's not going to be back next year. And if he's not going to be back next year, let's get whatever we can get for him. So are you saying that if we're five and three, he shows the potential of being a number one receiver, at least, you know, in flashes by having a big game and we win and we're five and three with our receiving core in shambles. Are we trading Devonte Parker for a fifth round pick? Are we trading him for a fourth round pick? Well, I'm I not think saying the, I'm necessarily I think, against I think, it. I'm just saying, are, are you willing to do that and basically say, we're probably trading the best healthy receiver on our roster when we're five and three for a fourth round pick. The issue here is, like I said, the reason that he has been, clearly the reason that the Dolphins are shopping him has nothing to do with his ability. There has to be some other reason that is the reason that they are shopping him. And there's some sort of issue between him and Gase there is something going on that we are not getting the full story on at the moment that is causing them to be shopping him because as you said given this team's current wide receiver situation it makes no sense for them to be shopping a player like Devontae Parker given the given the place that they're at right now it just doesn't make sense so I, well, I think I, it does I think, make sense because I think you look at his contract situation and you say, like, this is supposed to be the make or break year where they decide if they want to give him an extension or not. And, you know, it seems to me like they've made up their mind he's not going to be back next year. So at, at some point you you look at it when you get to the trade deadline and you say, well, are you a buyer or are you a seller? Are you a, you know, are you a team that wants to stand pat? Uh, and if you're making the decision to, you're not going to bring him back and you, you are firm in it and you are a hundred percent sold that you're not bringing him back, then of course you shop him because it doesn't matter what he does the rest of this season. You've made up your mind. He's not going to be back 
next season. You're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So if you're not winning the Super Bowl, you might as well get something back. I just want to know, you know, is that where we're at now where considering the situation at wide receiver, are we willing to do that? Even if we win this game at five and three, say we're going to trade Devontae Parker for whatever we can get. I'm not necessarily opposed to it because at the end of the day, uh, like I said, we're not going to win a Super Bowl. So I would like to get a pick back. But if it's a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, I don't know that that's worth it because I would rather just take my uh, my shot on it and say, even though I don't think it will happen, maybe given the opportunity where there's just there's nowhere else to turn but to turn to Devontae Parker, he goes out and has, you know, four, five, six great games over the remainder of the season. I don't think that will happen. Nothing that we've seen from well, Devontae here's Parker the thing. in his whole career has shown us that that's going to happen. Here's the but thing, Bryn. if it's for a fourth or fifth round pick, it's like, who the hell cares? Just get throw, At least you got a talented receiver here. Let's see what he can do. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, like I said, if there's a culture problem, there's a culture problem. The other problem is that even if he goes out there and has a good game against Houston – Maybe he catches seven passes, like you said, seven patches, 100 yards, gets a touchdown, maybe two. That's one performance. And the problem with Devontae Parker the whole time has been his consistency. He might be a big guy one day, one game, and then the next week he just disappears into a shell. And there's nothing. And at this point, the Dolphins have seen his body of work. They've seen his attitude. They've seen everything that they have need to see to make them decide whether he's worth keeping around. So at this point, the idea is let's get as much as we can for him now before the trade deadline, which is a week away. They just, this is the one chance they're going to have to showcase him. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to play him and whatever happens in this game happens. Maybe his value rises. Maybe it drops. Maybe it stays the same. I mean, I think if anybody comes calling for Devontae Parker, if they, if they decide they want him, the Dolphins will be able to get a pick. And even if it's a fourth round pick, even if it's a fifth round pick, it's better to, I'd rather have that fifth round pick than just waving him outright. So at, at any rate, it's the situation is is fluid and it's developing and we're going to learn a lot by a week from now about what the Dolphins are going to do with Devontae Parker and what his future is with this team. Are his days numbered? I personally believe they are. Um, we'll find out soon enough. But since we're talking about the offense brain and uh, here's we'll, we'll go ahead and get into our preview here of this Houston game. We're going to talk about what the Dolphins need to do when they have the ball and what they need to do when Houston has the ball in order to find a way to win this game. Then we're going to have a quick conversation with our good friend, Angry Al from Port St. Lucie. Going to have him back on the show, and then we'll wrap up the show with uh, one hot take from our listeners to see what they have to say. I can t- I can tell you right now, there was not a lot of positivity in the hot takes this week. In fact, most of the hot takes were not even about the upcoming game. It was just about the Dolphins in general, which tells you a lot. tells you all you really need to know about where our fan base is right now. Uh, it's it's a dark time, at least uh, in Dolphins Twitter. But, Brain, let's go ahead and talk about the Houston Texans. The Dolphins are going to have their hands full with this Houston Texans team because this defense is good. 
This is a really, really, really strong Houston Texans defense. So they are not giving up a whole lot um, on the ground. They they are ninth in the league, only allowing 329.9 yards per game. When you talk about Houston in terms of being against the run, they're eighth, only giving up 92.1 yards per game. In the air, it's a little bit weaker. Um they're 12th in the league, giving up 238 yards per game through the air. Um, Dolphins are going to have their hands full. They've struggled to get the run game going in in any situation, really, with the with the exception of uh, you know they they it looked pretty good in that game against Chicago, and you had that big game or the big run by uh, Drake in the uh, in the game against Detroit but other than that the dolphins have really struggled to getting the run game going and oh by the way um the Houston Texans have Jadavian Clowney and JJ Watt and what are we going to do about that well J- you know it's weird because you that's the first thing you think of when you think of this Texans defense is you think of JJ Watt and Jadavian Clowney and merciless and you just think Geez, these guys are an amazing pass rush. How are we going to block these guys? But they really haven't been amazing this year rushing the passer. They've really been a lot better at stopping the run. They had a very good game this past week against Jacksonville rushing the passer, getting four sacks, but that was their best performance of the year in as far as getting after the quarterback. It's been a little bit of a disappointment for them as far as the, the sacks are concerned because th- this is the team that everybody expects to have that amazing pass rush. When you look at Watt and Merciless and Clowney and just how freakishly good they are, but it really hasn't come to fruition. But the last three weeks, especially this has been the number one defense in the, in the NFL, the last three weeks uh, they're giving up as great as they've been over the course of the year, the last three weeks, 259 yards a game, um, 12 points a game. But granted, you have to look at the schedule, too, because we're talking about victories over the Jaguars and the Cowboys. And uh, who who is the other team that they beat in this winning streak? Anyway, I I think it was the Giants. Uh, Yeah, well, they they beat the Colts, the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Jaguars. But the last three weeks, which is where their defensive numbers have really gained ground and where they've become this elite defense, they've beaten the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Jaguars, who are three – it's not even debatable. They're three of the worst offenses in the league. So I'm not sure necessarily how good this Texans defense is. I know it's a good defense. They're talented for sure, but – I don't know if they're as good as they've been the last three weeks. But that said, they're going up against a Dolphins team that has Brock Osweiler at quarterback, questionable offensive line, a running game that has been incredibly inconsistent. One week they're great, the next week they're terrible. And a receiving core whose top two receivers are out for this game. Um, And we're talking about whether or not Devontae Parker is good enough to play uh, over Kalen Balaj and, and Leonte Carew. So it's not like the Dolphins are coming into this game as world beaters on offense. So it's it's definitely a matchup that favors Houston's defense. As far as what Miami needs to do, 
It's going to be difficult to run the ball on Houston. But I have no idea what that means because Houston comes in playing as one of the best run defenses in the league. Detroit last week was one of the worst run defenses in the league, and we couldn't do anything against them. The week before, we were against Chicago, one of the best run defenses in the league, and we run for 160 yards. Two weeks, you know, the week before that, Cincinnati, you know, a decent run defense, but we had success against them. The two weeks before that against the Patriots and the Raiders, two of the worst run defenses in the league, and the Dolphins couldn't do anything. So it doesn't seem to matter how good the opposing defense is. It's just whether or not the Dolphins' offensive line and running backs came ready to play that week. I really you just, you know, flip a coin. or Heads, they have a good game running the football. Tails, they don't. And we'll see what happens. Because that's what the, this Dolphins' running game has been. But if they're able to run the football, then I think they should have success because that should slow down any kind of pass rush that Houston has. And if there's a place where you can attack Houston, they're a little bit thin in the secondary. Uh, Jonathan Joseph is an elite corner, um, and you're going to want to stay away from him. But outside of him, Kareem Jackson is is all right. Uh, but Aaron Colvin is out. Kevin Johnson's on IR. Uh, they're starting free safety. Andre Hall, he's out. There are there are spots where you can attack them uh, in the secondary, but I don't know if the Dolphins have the personnel to do it because they are so thin at receiver right now. So I don't know. Maybe this is the game where you know Mike Kosicki, He he kind of showed up. He was he had a little bit of an impact in the last game. Maybe uh, this is a game where he continues to have an impact, gets a little bit more comfortable in his rookie year, and he has a big game. Maybe it is Kenyon Drake lining up in the slot. Maybe it is Kalen Balazs. Or maybe it's Devontae Parker, you know, getting lined up, uh, you know, against Kareem Jackson and and the Dolphins exploiting that matchup. Or maybe it's Danny Amendola in the slot. I I really don't know, but all I know is you're probably going to want to stay away from Jonathan Joseph and – uh, if you get into a spot where you're behind in this game and or you're in a third and long, that's not a situation you want to be in against a team with a defense as talented as this Houston Texans defense. Well, A.J. Derby is battling a foot injury. We don't know if he's going to be ready. Uh, Gasicki is, got, is dealing with a shoulder injury, so they're both questionable for this game. Uh, I imagine we're going to see a little bit of Nick O'Leary in this game as well, and I I just feel like they're going to have to get the tight ends a little bit more involved this week um, in the passing game just because of the lack of options at wide receiver, but I guess we'd be remiss to talk about the fact that Brock Osweiler is going up against his former team, the Houston Texans, that paid so much money for Brock Osweiler where he was absolutely a colossal failure. Brock Osweiler is coming back to Houston and looking for a little bit of revenge. I think he's going to need to play within himself, which is, you know, what I've said every time with Brock Osweiler. As long as he can play within himself, we should be okay. Um, And hopefully this is not the week where he goes full Brock Osweiler on us. Let's go to the other side of the ball. When Houston has the ball, oh, there's all kinds of problems here for this Dolphins defense that has got a lot to prove this week. That defense looked Awful, was made to look terrible by Matthew Stafford and the Lions. And now this defense 
And Matt Burke's unit is going to have to go up against Deshaun Watson, who has Lamar Miller, who is sort of waiting to have a big breakout moment this season. So former Dolphin Lamar Miller with a chance to uh, do some damage against his former team. And then Deshaun Watson is uh, an incredibly athletic quarterback who has taken a beating this year, apparently was injured so badly, like his ribs were so hurt that he was not able to fly with the Texans to Jacksonville for the game last week. He had to he had to take a bus to Jacksonville and back to Houston. He didn't fly with the rest of his team because they're, the offensive line for Houston has been such an issue. And so that is potentially good news, and maybe it's an opportunity for us to see these edge rushers, Cam Wake and Robert Quinn, finally uh, get some sacks and, and, and put Wake into the ground. But the problem is Wake is an athletic quarterback, and athletic quarterbacks who can run are traditionally a problem for the Miami Dolphins. But not only can he run – he can pass, and he's got some weapons with Will Fuller and, I mean, primarily DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to be match, going to have a matchup with Xavier Howard, and the two of them have been throwing words back and forth this week. I, I mean, I, I got to say, the Houston offense, while it has, has sort of operated in fits and starts this summer, it seems to be finding its way now. And uh, I'm I'm a little bit worried about this Dolphins defense. Of course, this would definitely be a same old Dolphins game where the Dolphins turn it around and somehow have like a dominating defensive performance against this team. Wouldn't put it past them to do that. But I don't know, Brain, without me just relying on falling back on the idea of the same old Dolphins miraculously having a great game here convinced me that this Dolphins defense is going to be able to make some things happen against this Houston Texans offense. Well, it really, it has to come from the, from the D line. They have to win their battles in the trenches. It's not a good offensive line uh, for Houston. Houston's one of the worst run teams in the league, averaging less than four yards per carry when they run the ball. Um, but again, Detroit was not one of the best run defense running teams in the league last, uh, going into last week's game. And they put up 250 uh, on the dolphins, but usually when a team gives up a performance like that, they come back the following week playing with something to prove a chip on their shoulder. I mean, these are professionals and the dolphins have some talented guys on that defensive line. Um, and they're going up in a matchup where they should have the, the advantage. Uh, so I expect the Dolphins defensive line to win their battles against Houston. But I don't know if that's going to be enough because Houston still has some talented weapons on the outside. Uh, in a matchup of DeAndre Hopkins versus Xavier Howard, you know, maybe Xavier Howard can hold his own and contain DeAndre Hopkins. But I'm not crazy about that matchup on the other side with Will Fuller versus Bobby McCain. We've seen it, uh, you know, when McCain has played, he's serviceable, but he can get beat deep. You know, he's not going to get beat deep the way Tory McTire was routinely beat deep by Chicago, by Chicago's receivers. But Will Fuller, I mean, he's a deep threat. That's what he does. And Bobby McCain has been beaten deep. He was beaten deep last week. And, you know, even though he didn't, the, the pass wasn't completed, he got penalized for something like 30 or 40 yards on a pass interference. 
I, I think it's going to be a matchup that gives him trouble unless we shade coverage over his way. And the way these these Dolphins safeties have played this year, if if we're if we're shading TJ McDonald over there, McDonald's probably going to take a bad angle, or he's going to be late getting over there. That the matchup just. Uh, I'm not crazy about it. And the way DeAndre Hopkins, even though it's man covered, even though you might say, all right, we we're going to put Xavier Howard on him. might not be a bad idea to keep a safety, you know, over the top on that side. And if that's the, the case and you've got to play too deep the whole time, it really opens up the middle of the field. And what does that mean? Well, that means that your linebackers are exposed in coverage or in the running game. So it, it, then it becomes pick your poison. It really is up to the defensive line to have a dominant performance in this game. They could do it because I believe they have the edge, but it's a lot to ask for for the defensive line to completely control this game. And I think if this is a game where the Dolphins' offense doesn't give them some help, uh, it could be a long day for this defense because this, this is the kind of game where... I don't believe the the Dolphins offense is going to put up 20 points. So if we're going to win this game, I think it's got to be an ugly game. It's got to be a slugfest. It's got to be like a 16 to 13 game. Now, the last time I thought that we would be in a game like that, it, it was that game against Chicago, which looked like it was going to be like that for a half. And then all hell broke loose in the second half. So who, who really knows? But I think that game was an aberration. I think this game is going to be that. It, for the Dolphins to win, the defense is going to have an amazing is going to have to have an amazing performance, and the Dolphins are going to need to gut out like a sixteen to thirteen victory. Well, we are going to make our predictions on this game in just a moment, but first we're going to take a very quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to have a phone call with Angry Al from Port St. Lucie. Uh, those of you who uh, have just discovered the show, this will be your first time meeting Angry Al. Uh, those of you that have been with us a little bit longer, you've met him before. You love him. You know you know who he is, and uh, I don't want to build it up too much, but uh, you'll hear him just on the other side of this. And then when we come back, we'll have your one hot take, and we will make our predictions as the Dolphins prepare for a Thursday night battle against the Houston Texans. We will be right back. First and 10 Dolphins at the 15-yard line of the Raiders. Both wideouts to the left side. Parmalee and Byers in a split set in the backfield. Marino under center. Takes the snap. He's back to pass again. He's looking. He throws into the end zone. It's complete for a touchdown to Keith Jackson. Man, oh man, oh man. The big tight end, KJ, just runs right down the seam. We knew it was coming to him, just didn't know when. And the Dolphins finally get on the board. And we're back here on the same old Dolphin show with a very special guest. Joining us again here on the program is Angry Al from Port St. Lucie. Angry Al, the floor is yours. Well, guys, it's good to be back again uh, after... Watching the start to the season, I have to say it's gone worse than I expected. My expectation at the beginning of the year was that this was going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And that would be good because it probably meant we could clean out house, move on from Ryan Tannehill, and uh, actually start trying to build a Super Bowl contender. Unfortunately, this team has found its way to win a couple of games, uh, some fluky wins against Chicago and 
Tennessee, and we're sitting at four and three right now. And we've got this game coming up against Houston. And pretty much it's uh, our worst nightmare come to life again. This team is heading for seven and nine or eight and eight. And I'm hearing rumors that they're going to possibly look, be looking to trade for a receiver for some god unknown reason. Why? I don't know. It's not like if we add a, a Amari Cooper that that's going to make us a Super Bowl contender. And we're going to just be, we're again fighting to get to nine wins, backing into a playoff spot so we can get our uh, asses kicked by Pittsburgh or Baltimore, whoever doesn't win that division this year, or whoever, sorry, whoever does win that division. Or, and we're going to be in the same spot that we've been in. And I think that this entire year is pretty much a giant waste of time. And now we're all sitting back here waiting to go seven to nine again, end up with the 14th pick and making a draft pick to try and win now again, as we don't fire Adam Gase or Mike Tannenbaum. And we sit around with Ryan Tannehill again for another year while we uh, will go into his eighth season trying to figure out if he's the answer or not. But, you know, eight seasons, I guess, isn't enough to figure out that the guy who it can't lead us to a playoff series. We're supposed to figure out if he's the, the guy to, to lead us to a Super Bowl. Can't even get us into the playoffs. But we're going to sit around again for an eighth season with him. Well, Al, I got to say, first off, it'd be really some kind of feat to end up with Amari Cooper on the Dolphins now that he's been traded to Dallas. Well, for a first round. When did that pick. happen today? So, well, it's good that you've got your your finger to the pulse of what's happening <laughs> in the National Football League, Al. It's really it's really good. Uh, it, it happened uh, a couple of days ago now, as we record here on Wednesday evening. So, uh, you know, well, that's great. <laughs> that means that we can't do something stupid by trying to get him. So that's great news for well, the Dolphins. Well, we could we could still make a trade for Demarius Thomas. That could still happen. Demarius Thomas is still out there, so we could still uh, very well, very easily find ourselves uh, bringing on another bloated contract um, into this ridiculous Dolphin salary cap situation as we look into look ahead to the 2019 season. But obviously, you're you're disappointed as a lot as a lot of people are with the team's performance. But you're talking about scrapping things and stripping it down to bare bolt, bare you know bare bones, and starting all the way over from the beginning again. Let's just talk for just a second here because this is the Houston Texans preview show. If if the Dolphins somehow win this game against Houston, they'd find themselves at 5-3. and three. And let's not forget that this team is pretty banged up um, and in pretty bad shape now with Devontae – or not Devontae Parker, God forbid uh, – with Albert Wilson and Kenny Stills in really bad shape right now. Josh Sitton is gone – uh, we've had banged up defensive line. There's there's a lot of missing pieces. This team is in in real bad shape as far as injuries go. Imagine for a second if this team was fully healthy, they might actually be able to compete. We have Ryan Tannehill as our quarterback. We have Brock Osweiler as our quarterback. Well, I'm saying if we're fully healthy, Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback. That's fair. And we're not going anywhere with Ryan Tannehill. And as you said, Brock Osweiler. He's our quarterback right now, and I really don't know who's better between him or Tannehill, which kind of says it all. If we're fully healthy, what are we? With all those guys healthy, what's the best that we get? What's the best that we are? Ten and six? Yeah, I, that's the ceiling for sure. Okay, we're ten and six. 
Are we getting into the playoffs? Are we going to beat, uh, you know, Baltimore or Pittsburgh? I mean, I know we're not beating the wing ones, so, but are we beating any good team in the AFC? The only chance is if we end up in a matchup against, like, Cincinnati. Because I, I think we could beat Cincinnati. I mean, obviously, we lost the game at Cincinnati. That was very close. But we could beat Cincinnati. Okay, so our goal then, our, that's our ceiling, is that we can beat Cincinnati <laughs> if we get matched up with them in a playoff game. That's, that's, the, that's the ceiling for. of the team. That's what we're shooting for. Well, we're it's not good winning to, a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's, it's good to have goals, and I think that's important. Now, Al, I want to get your thoughts <laughs> on the Devontae Parker situation. Devontae Parker's agent obviously run, ran his mouth. There are there is strong speculation, and I don't even think it's speculation anymore. The Dolphins are pretty actively shopping, or at least they were shopping Devontae Parker before these injuries to their wide receiving core. So what is your opinion of what the Miami Dolphins should do with this Devontae Parker character? Um, you may as well play him and try and showcase him if you're actually trying to get a draft pick to trade him. Uh, you may as well play him. I guess the agent is saying that the reason for benching him was BS and that uh, he's ready to play. Well, we could probably use a receiver anyways right now. But that being said, if you're shipping him around, what value can you possibly get for him if you're not playing him? You're saying he's injured. You're essentially saying, I want a draft pick for this guy, but he's injured and he's not good enough to play. And we've got what? How many healthy receivers are on the roster now? As of right now, there are... As of right now, there are three fully healthy receivers if you don't can't. Well, actually, two because Jakeem Grant isn't fully healthy either. So Amendola is battling a a shoulder issue. Um, Jakeem Grant has got like an Achilles thing that he's sort of battling. It's not a serious, of course, but he's not fully healthy. So right now our two fully healthy wide receivers are Devontae Parker, of all people, and Leontay Carew. That's well. Oh, that's exciting. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, uh, if, if we're saying we can't play him in our current receiver situation, we're not getting any. Do you think any? I mean, unless there's a really <laughs> stupid team out there, do you think they're going to trade us anything to get him, or they're going to wait for us to cut him? I mean, I'm assuming most GMs have a brain and they're not going to say, well, the Devonta Parker can't even play when the Dolphins are, you know, are in, their entire receiving core is injured. And they have no depth. They're not playing him. They called up Leonte Carew, you know, or we did we bring him up from the practice squad where he got? Yeah, I know he just got yeah. put back on the team again. We Cowboys. He came up from the practice squad. Yeah, they signed him from the practice squad, and they're also uh, working out Kalen Balage at wide receiver. <laughs> oh well, well, if Devonta Parker can't play, and we're actually trying to get draft picks for him. And we're we're benching him. I mean, it, it, it's it's just, it seems to be a self-inflicted wound at that point. I guess I I guess I kind of agree with the agent. I also don't know where Adam Gase has this uh, arrogance about how he's running this team. That he, I mean, if he apparently feels this way, that people have to buy into his way, it sounds a lot like what Joe Philbin did when Joe Philbin ran off our best players. And Adam Gase seems to be doing something very similar now. I don't, although I wouldn't call Deonta, Devonta Parker one of our best players, but. I don't buy the whole the culture excuse. I think that the uh, you don't build a culture by you know going six and ten and ten and six and being a five hundred coach over the course of your career. 
I don't know what culture you're building with that. So I'm on the agent side, in other words. Al, I got to say, it's always great to have you on the show. You're just a ray of sunshine and positivity, um, which is something that all of us Dolphin fans need every now and again. So thank you for coming on and and sharing your thoughts with us. And we will look forward to having you back on here on the same old Dolphin show again in the very near future. Thank you. Good to be on. And that was Angry Al from Port St. Lucie. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you if you want to yell at us about uh, Angry Al, you can always tweet at us at same old dolphins. Uh, the brain is at Aaron the brain, and I am at Amplified to Rock. So, so get at us on on Twitter and let us know what you thought of Angry Al's appearance and his thoughts here on the show. Speaking of thoughts, you all had some, and we're going to share some of them now. Uh, your one. Hot take. We're going to start with at Corn JDW. He just simply says the Dolphins are never going to be good. And I, you know, <laughs> there you go. And you know, I got to say that's the fear that all of us have. That's the fear that all of us have. At Dolphins End Zone says Tannenbaum ruined the Miami Dolphins just like he did the New York Jets. I I tend to agree with that sentiment. Um, you know, I, I I I try to be as positive as I can, but I'm I don't have a whole lot of faith in Tannenbaum to be able to to make smart decisions to continue building this team. I, I'm one of those who would really like to see some turnover in the front office, but you know, we'll save that for the off season. Uh at A-K-A-M-A-I-M-E-L. Melody Mackey says, Gase is the fourth offensive head coach the Dolphins have hired in a row that has zero respect for the offensive line. I mean, I agree with that to a point, but I feel like the Dolphins' offensive line struggles this year have been more injury-based more than anything else. I mean, you can't predict that your big signing Josh Sitton is going to get hurt after one game and you're going to lose him for the season. Um, and I think that offensive line would look very different if he was still there. So I don't know, Brain, do you have any thoughts on that? Zero respect for the offensive line. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know that. I, I mean, they kind of addressed the offensive line every year. It's not like, it's not like he's completely ignored it. Uh, You've just been fact, bad at fixing fact, it. I, I would say that Adam Gase, at, compared to uh compared to Joe Philbin I mean this is the best offensive they've had the better best offensive lines in Adam Gase's tenure since they had uh since Tony Sperano was here I mean Tony Sperano uh you know his first year as head coach the offensive line was great the next year it was okay and then it was kind of diminishing and then Philbin took over and it was bad again you know which was back to what it was under Wanstead, but did he say he was the fourth head coach in a row that's ignored the offensive line? Because she's, I mean, if there yeah, was she said, she said it was, she said it was uh fourth head coach in a row that has ignored the offensive line. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. I mean, if there was one area that Tony Sperano didn't ignore, it was the offensive line. Hell the dolphins used three first round picks on offensive linemen over the past, you know, however many years. And that, well, actually, four if you if you include Tunsil, right? Because sure. we had Jake Long, Pouncey, Jawan James, and then we drafted Tunsil last season. So, yeah, I, I I don't agree with that assessment. At Samurai Radio 
says, not that the offensive line is good, but I wouldn't say that they've just zero respect. It just hasn't worked out. Uh, at Samurai Radio says, Ryan Tannehill will never play another down of football for the Miami Dolphins. I think that is a. I think that is actually a feasible take. Apparently, we're going to find out in like a week and a half. Yep. Whether or not he's going to need surgery, and if yeah, he needs the- surgery, then his season's over. And if his season is over, like, then no they've way. got There's a no major. Way. I mean, well, then you've got a major decision to make at the end because we we talked about that, you know, on the last show about. Um, or, or the show before about do you pay him $13 million not to play the following season if he's healthy yes. and you don't have a better option. And that, so that would become, uh, that would become a major decision that they'd have to make in the off season. But yeah, certainly if he's not healthy and he has to go under the knife, then his season is over. And then he's either got one year left with the dolphins because he's making $13 million, whether you, whether you play him or not, or, uh, or, uh, you cut him and then that's it. So yeah, I, I could do- I definitely see that happening. Uh, at Finn fan, Carlos says bad management continues to keep the team at mediocrity, no relief in sight. And that is, that is in fact what it feels like at the moment. I mean, we heard that from, from Angry Al, and I, I, you know, there's that's sort of the sentiment with this team is that we are never true. We we're almost never truly bad. We're always in that middle range, and that's because this front office has that tendency to try to get one or two extra pieces that they are convinced that are going to help us win now. But it's always the difference between us. It's the difference between us winning five games and winning seven games. It's never the difference between us winning nine games and winning 11 games and being a legitimate contender. Um, so it's there's that is certainly a pattern with this team. And hopefully it's a pattern that we'll be able to break out of sometime soon. But again, just like as the sentiment is sort of across the board, uh, there's not a lot of optimism there. And then finally, this is a take that is scorching scorching take and it's it is from uh mark Corey seven mark and he says ryan Tannehill single-handedly ruined the dolphins franchise that is a oh. that is a that is a <laughs> scorching take and i i i can't say that i agree with it it is it is certainly ryan Tannehill has been at the heart of of some of the biggest problems with this team over the past few years, not necessarily his play, but sort of, but I guess in, in a way, yes, indeed it is about his play because it's always been that, well, is he really who we want him to be? And is he really taking the steps? And the, and that's been sort of the reason that we've sort of been middle of the pack for the last several years. Um, because if he had been a great quarterback, Maybe we would have been better, and if he had been a terrible quarterback, well, maybe would would have been able to move on sooner, and we would have had some worse records along the line along the way, and gotten some better draft picks. But to say that he single handedly ruined the franchise, I, I don't know that that's the case. There there are a lot of other culprits that I would I would put before Ryan Tannehill. That's like saying. That Jay Fiedler single-handedly ruined the franchise. That's like saying that uh, 
you know, pick your mediocre quarterback that that was on a bad team that he ruined that franchise. No, you know what ruined the franchise? The front office that bought into Ryan Tannehill for seven years. The 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 front office that decided that not only is Ryan Tannehill our franchise quarterback, but we're good enough to win the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill and the 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 franchise that keeps on chasing, you know, these you know, every flashy free agent every single year in hopes that well, we could maybe get to 9 or 10 wins this year. That's what ruins the franchise. It's not Ryan Tannehill's fault. I mean, it, it's like, did Brock Osweiler ruin the, the Houston Texans? Well, is it Brock Osweiler's fault that the Houston Texans decided to pay him a boatload of money? Is it Ryan Tannehill's fault that the Dolphins decided to give him this ludicrous extension? I mean, no, that's not. If they're going to pay you, they're going to pay you. I mean, if if I'm Ryan Tannehill, I'm taking that every, every, every freaking time. So, look. Is Ryan Tannehill helping the situation? No, I guess not. But he's certainly not single-handedly sinking the franchise. He certainly had some help along the way. And it all starts in the front office. I mean, I think there's a chance that that, that a pretty good chance that that tweet had a tongue firmly lodged in cheek. But, you know, whatever. It's time to make our picks. Brain, here we go. You get to go first. The Dolphins travel to Houston to take on the Texans. What's our score? What happens? I don't know. Maybe I, maybe make this one a little bit quicker than you made the one against the, the Lions. <laughs> yeah, I feel a little bit more clarity on this one. I think this one's going to be ugly. I think this one's going to be ugly, and I think it it might take a little while for it to get truly ugly because I think the defense will hold strong maybe for a half. But I think it's going to be the kind of game where the offense doesn't give them very much help. And... Probably a turnover. Probably that's a game where we're behind going into the third quarter. And at some point, Brock Osweiler probably takes a little bit of a risk that maybe he shouldn't take. And Houston's defense really puts the game away. And I have us losing this one 26-6. to Yeah, I tend to agree with you on this one, Brain. I just don't. I mean, I've been down on this game all season. Traveling on a Thursday night is is a difficult spot. That it's just it's tough for everybody. But then again, this game comes on the heels of uh, two straight weeks where the visiting team has run rampant on Thursday night football. So maybe, just maybe, your Miami Dolphins are going to dig down deep and the defense is going to show up and they're going to pick off Deshaun Watson four times and Brock Osweiler is going to find Devontae Parker who's going to receive for 125 yards and a pair of touchdowns and Jakeem Grant is going to score on a reverse and the Miami Dolphins are going to go crazy on the road in Houston to defeat the Texans. But in all actuality, I have Houston winning this game by a score of 31-9. to because I agree with you, it's probably going to be a pretty ugly one. But if it is, in fact, another ugly performance from the Miami Dolphins, I think I, I, in, a, in a weird way, I might feel a lot better 
because I will really begin to understand where this team is. If they come out and they have this fantastic performance and they and they gut, you know, they have a gritty away win against Houston, or if they come out and dominate them and play really well, I'm going to have no clue what this wait team is. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So are you saying at four and three going into this game, you have already reached that moment where you are rooting for the Dolphins to lose? No, no, not at all. Because you just said you'd you'd almost feel better. You'd feel better if the Dolphins lost because you you'd know I would who feel, they are. I would feel better. I would feel better in the sense that I would have a more firm grasp over what this team is, because I, I, at the moment. Like you know there was the team are. that looked really good in those first three games, and then there was the team that looked terrible against New England, and the team that looked terrible in the second half against Cincinnati, and the then you had this team that came out and got this big win over Chicago in a in a pretty scrappy fight, and then this team that was sort of mediocre on the offensive side of the ball and terrible on the defensive side of the ball. If they come out in this <laughs> game and go and 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 put in a performance that is counter to everything else they've done this season. I I just I don't know. I'm not saying yes, I'm you cheering do. for yes, them. Yes, you do. You know who they are. They're the same old dolphins. Exactly. Brain, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And you can find me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. The show is at same old dolphins on Twitter. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash same old dolphins and give us a like over there. We'd appreciate it. You can go to Apple Podcasts. Um, this is particularly something that we would love it if you took a few minutes to do. If you're one of our newer listeners, if you could uh, leave us a positive review and a five star rating, we would greatly appreciate it as it helps us spread the word about the show. And, of course, every episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show is on DolphinsTalk.com, which is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. Shout out to Mike at DolphinsTalk.com, who in, who in an episode this week referred to his site as the one, your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. I, I don't know that he got that from me, but, but Mike, if you did, how about a little tip and a cap there, buddy? A little one. A little one. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just messing with you, just playing with you. But I just thought it was funny when I heard that on the show this week. Anyway, check out dolphinstalk.com. It is truly a great site and a uh, lot of really great content on there. Mike does a great job uh, with dolphinstalk.com daily. Um, there's all the other podcasts, Perfectville uh, and uh, Fins Up, Fans Down. Lots of good stuff going on over there at DolphinsTalk.com. So if you haven't been, make sure you head over there and check that out. And finally, of course, every episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show is also available on SoundCloud. So we hope that you will follow us over there. And that's going to wrap it up. We will be back at some point over the weekend, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, to uh, review this uh, this. Thursday night game that is upcoming. Um, for the record, traditionally when the Dolphins are on national TV, they don't do particularly well. Particularly when they play around my birthday, they don't do uh, very well. My birthday is Friday this week, um, and uh, so I'm I'm hoping to get a little bit better birthday present than what I got last year when the Dolphins were pasted in Baltimore by the Ravens on my actual birthday. That was that was pretty rough. But uh, at any rate, until then. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. 
Go Dolphins! Miami!